Like, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to try to do what I didn't do in 2008. <laughs> well, I get, once in a while, every, every year we get to come out this end of the year. And when I do, I have a, what we call a standalone sermon. And what I really do, I like to do, I love, how many love memories? I mean, let's think about, you know, some of us now, how it was in 2019. Some of us had a good year, some of us bad year. You can't wait to 2020. But you think back, good memories, bad memories. And what I do is in the past, I get to go do the memories of a few years or a year of what I've seen in our church and what I've seen in our community and things like that. And what I want to do, I'm going to unpack some of that this morning with some fun and what God has done for us. So the scripture I'm going to use is 1 Thessalonians uh, Chapter, um, first, chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. This is Apostle Paul. He planted the church with Silas and Timothy. Paul took off uh, after he planted the church, and then he, he got busy in the mission field. Timothy came. He saw the results of the, of the church, came back, and they're actually celebrating. And, God, and um, Timothy's really, I mean, um, Paul's really celebrating, and actually, um, I wouldn't call it this way. He's actually proud of this church about what God has done in their lives, especially in the midst of uh, affliction. And I really love this. When I read this a few months ago, I really got excited about it, and I thought about us as a church. It says here, if you're looking at, if you take a notes, it's um, with 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 2 to 4. So we give thanks to God always for you, for all of you. Constantly mention you in our prayers. Remembering before our God and Father your work of faith, labor of love, steadfastness of hope, in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for 2019. I thank you for 2020, what you have on us, God. As we go down memory lane, we call it, let us remember, Lord, we're not building a monument. Father, we're developing a legacy. So, Father, I just thank you this morning for the opportunity to share your word. Let your word come out of my mouth, not my, your, my words. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When I looked at this, I loved it because he's bragging about a church, and I love to brag about Grace Point Church. Uh, our vision, if you know, our vision and mission is reaching people, building community. Reaching people, building community. A few months ago, when we were in the process of doing some work in ministry, uh, this word came up. Pastor Donna said this, let us never become a church. And what she was getting at, not that I want something, because the way we define church in America is kind of unique. And what she was saying is, let us never become a church or a society of people who only worry about what's not important. You know, the color of the carpet, the style of music, um, you know, those who have, you know, you've been in some churches where they have what I call them fake relationships. They're only circumstantial because I'm only with you because you're in this church. When you leave this church, I'm not your friend anymore. Wow. Have you been to those? Wow. Let's not have that. That, that, you know, brother type thing or someone come up to you and say, you know, Pastor Rich, the Lord told me to submit to you. I'm like, oh, gosh, you ain't, you ain't going to last a month. <laughs> that, you know, religious jargon and stuff, you know, I'm not trying to start my own church, but you, oh, now you told me. Now you are. Or I'm not prejudiced. Oh, yes, you are. You know, and you do it under the skies of church and we make this fake thing and we call religion versus we, she said, I don't want to be a church known for Religion, I want to be us a church known for relationships. We want to be a church that we're lost people like to come into. Because, you know, religious churches, lost people don't want, because you spot them at the door and you say, don't sit in my seat. 
You know, you've been out all night drinking. I don't know. You shouldn't have them come back anymore. I don't know. You used to be like that about six years ago. You kind of forgot. So what you were saying is about a church of relationships. And when I look at the church of Thessalonians, church, Thessalonica city, when Paul started in verse 1, he said, the church of Thessalonians. What he was saying is the church in that word, the Greek word means ekklesia. Means a called out people. A called out people. Not a building, a called out people. Now it's amazing when you look at this, John Stott said this, because he looked at chapter one, verse one, and he said, The church is a community which lives in God the Father and the Lord and in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a community that walks with God and walks with Jesus. Jesus is the center of the community, not the church. Sometimes we get caught up think the church should be the center of our lives. No, Jesus should be the center of your life, and the church helps you stay there. Right? right? right. So when we look at that, and then he gets into verse 2, he starts thanking God. And as a pastor, I love, you got to really realize that what's really going on versus the stuff you see. Because you can get discouraged by numbers. You can get, I mean, we read all the greatest church planning and the church growth. And everything we do here, we break all the laws. Because we have to. Because if I did it the way they told me to do it, none of y'all would be here. The way we're built. <laughs> but he talked about relationships. Ecclesia are called out people in the world. And we talked about last week, the people who are salty, who are preserved, and there's the people who have light, who light up the world. So when I, I put this one phrase, that one point, when I was thinking about us, because I love our church. I love where God has put us in this moment. I love our part of town. Everyone else seems to love our part of town. It's about to get crowded here. I'm excited about the construction and all the things, and we got homes coming next door. We're going to become a neighborhood. Yeah. I'm so, and you know, when we were told to leave because there was no one here, and God said, no, 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 someone's coming. Just hold on. Yeah. And I'm really excited about what God has for us. So I wrote this down. GPC is a community of believers who are distinguished by faith, love, and hope. Faith, love, and hope. When we look at verse 3, he's saying, why I'm thanking God. And I was thinking this the other day, a few weeks, I was thanking God for those three things, that we're a church, that we're a community of faith, love, and hope. Verse 3 says, remember before God your work of faith, labor of love, steadfastness, and hope, and our Lord Jesus Christ. I love the work of faith. Now, you know faith, is, it means he's talking about active faith. How I many know faith without works is what? Dead. Dead. And I love our church because you're sitting in a place now that we didn't, the way it's configured now wasn't configured a year ago. Because of your faith of giving, we went into a program of giving $200,000 to renovate our building. We're still in the middle of it, and God's pushing us to the very end to watch him do something amazing. And I watch our faith, but also I saw the people we gave, I think over um, about 20 months, I think I look at the numbers, got to make sure, don't, don't quote me on this, because I'm going to report this next week. I didn't ask Becky, so I'm really off. Um, about over 30 some, 35 people gave their life to Jesus. Wow. Now, not just, just give the, the conversation to Jesus. They gave their life and became disciples of Jesus. I think one of the guys you saw, right? You saw one of the guys on the, on the uh, that's my man here, sitting on the, on the front row, doing it on camera. Yeah. You're pretty good, bro. 
you got a job now. And I remember him coming here, felt like, you know, depression. You don't mind me, she don't mind sharing that. I'm feeling worthy. And God said, No, you're my son. Yeah. And now he's walking in that. Yeah. And he's in a discipleship, discipleship uh, relationship. So when you look at that, it always leads to work. Our faith of giving here in the house, our missionaries that we have on staff, our missionaries that we have across the, uh, across the world. I got a letter from one of our missionaries before I came out who's in a, a, closed neighbor, in a closed nation that we can't talk about, how God is just breaking out in that nation. And he's been thanking Grace Point Church for giving in that capacity. That we don't wait one year to recognize all our missionaries. We have missionaries on the field doing it every day. Our churches that are being planted, uh, you, we welcomed uh, my brother here, my young man um, from Austin. Chad, thank you. I should have rolled this down. I'm trying to go by memory. And you guys blessed him. And he's starting his church. He thinks he's starting in Easter. <laughs> I tell you, by the end of January, you're going to probably start the church. But you had a hand in that. And he's having meetings and things like that. Uh, our work of faith. We gave out. We always give out. And it wasn't dead. Our work here is not dead. You know, someone always, they say, we come to Grace Point Church, but we realize one thing, we can't hide. We don't, you don't allow anybody to just sit in the seat. And yeah, well, how do you know that? Yeah, because I felt the pressure coming in here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah. So that, I mean, because we want to put your faith in action. Don't make it dead. I mean, we don't want you to be a museum. Yeah. Right? We want you to have life. And we push you a little hard on that. It's okay. The second one is our, our labor of love. Now, our labor of love means agape love. It means um, serving people, serving one another. Have you looked at our church lately? How different we all are. How hard it is to love each other because we're all from different places. Isn't that amazing how God does that? And, and they want, everyone wants to interview him. How do you do it? <laughs> Here's my answer. I have no idea. But I know the grace of God is on this house. And when we get together, it's amazing when we get together downtown and people look at it like, who are you guys? And just our love for one another growing together. We always want to be a church that builds deep relationships, not shallow. You know, we don't want you to come to a great place that looks great. Like when you go to Hollywood and you see the, you see the uh, set there and you see like, I was so disappointed when I heard Law and Order was not filmed in New York. I'm like, what? How can you not film Law and Order in New York? It's from New York, right? No, it's L.A. And I went on the set. I'm like, oh, man, the steps feel good. This building looks authentic. Then you go behind it. It's a prop. It's a prop. And we don't want to build a prop. Jesus had problems with the, with, the, with the Pharisees building props. They celebrate their fasting and their prayer and all that stuff. But you went behind them, dead men bones. We don't want to build nothing like that. Uh-uh. And then we, 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 we're all different ages and stuff, and we have fun with that. How we clean the building, one interpretation of clean. I'm, I'm 60, and the one that's 19 has not the same interpretation. And we, and we, and we have to meet in the middle. We got to meet in the middle, and then we get in the, in the meeting and say, how are we going to have service, and we got to figure out the music, who's going to like what, who's not going to like that, and we got to squish it all together. That's uncomfortable. And we always wanted to build a, t- a church that has tension in it. How we love one another. How uh, youth went out a few weeks ago, helped a lady sweep, doing all those things. Who does that? 
Grace Point. Is it tension? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got the boomers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Got them old folks. <laughs> you got the, uh, you got the uh, millennials. And then we got the generation, whatever they're trying to call them. All put together. And I got to learn everyone's language. We all have different language. Like, Generation X say, hey, I'm going to find me a fam. Okay, that's great. And I dress a little different. That's great. I got tattoos everywhere. That's great. Now, if you came to place, well, they'll come out because you have a tattoo. Cover yourself up. Or you don't praise God right. You take your shoes off. <laughs> now, on stage, we have some regular, right? All down, that's fine. Just, you know, make sure it ain't like, they don't have no stuff that falls off your feet. <laughs> but you can see it's a standalone, right? But we, we collide for the glory of God. We collide. We have to figure it out. We're multi-ethnic. We fool the world with that. Multi-generational. Now we're becoming multicultural. Yeah. With our Filipino population Woo! coming in. Come on, somebody. Yeah. 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 Had a young lady grow up. Now she's a nurse. Now she said, this adult life is hard. I'm going back to school. No, but she, she's doing great. I watched her, right? And I met an amazing young man. He's going to be a pastor one day. But here's the, here's the amazing thing. It's just what we did. And we show the world, because Jesus said this in John 13, 35. He says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's agape love. You don't judge one another. You love one another. Now, let me help you with this because how this is so fantastic. There's a lot of uh, cultural friction going on, political, cultural. And God says this. I love what John Altberg says. When we get into culture wars and we get into political wars, he said this. The first casualty of a culture war, a political war, is not truth but love. See, the problem is you can have truth, but if you don't have love, forget about what's truth. Just say, you're a clanging bell. You got to know my truth, brother. No, 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 no. You got to fix your face because you're judging, and you forgot where you came from. And it's, it's, it's frick. Now, the church premieres right now because this is our greatest hour. We can love people. Now, you don't have to agree with everything they do, but hey, my job is not to give them my truth. My job is for Jesus' truth to get into them. Let the Holy Spirit bring the conversion, bring the transformation. Now, all I do is present the word, not my word and not my preference, because it's head-on collisions right now. It's not going to get even. It's not even going to get lighter. We're going into a year now about who's going to be president, who's not going to be president, and you need to learn how to vote. And people, but don't make that your idol. But when we come together. And we pray for our city. We pray for our nation and our houses. We don't have to go all the way up there and sing songs and all that kind of stuff. God calls us to pray. And then we start meeting with folks who have those same issues and love on them. The Muslim world overseas is exploding with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know why? The one word, love. Not what you believe but how much Jesus loves you. If we can get back to love, you know, a real love that we're supposed to have, that you don't, you don't quit me because you get mad at me. 
you know, you get offended, and, you know, and now the whole, everyone, for what? What are you, what are you doing? This is your people. You don't ever quit your family, do you? Not as much as you want to, right? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not going to say, I don't have that feeling. You, you do. You know, you hate me sometimes. It's fine. It's not that you hate me. It's not, I love you, but I don't like you right now. How about that? So I have to go back into my room, and I have to pray and read the Bible so I can love you again and like you. Is that okay? How are we doing? Right? We've all been there, right? But we don't hold grudges. And we separate families over nothing. That's a labor of love. You know why I said labor? Because it's hard work. <laughs> it's hard work loving your brother. It was hard work when I first walked in here in 98, and I was an usher. And they asked me, I said, you tell the saints. You know, when new people come in, they don't mind moving. You tell the saints, hey, can you uh, move? I ain't moving over. Okay, I got to find love because I'm going to fix you up right now and slam you in that chair. <laughs> you got to love that person. Amen? You got to love the one that offends you because they don't know what they're doing. Especially in our church. We can say the wrong thing and half the people, population get offended. I can say something one time about the Holy Spirit. People, you don't believe in the Holy Spirit. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I just said the Holy Spirit, one of the fruits of self-control. Yeah. When you yeah. start losing your mind up here, that's not self-control. Yeah. I don't mind that in an in 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 um, in in environment. But now on Sunday morning, come on. The people are coming in the door. What is this? <laughs> they ain't coming back. They see now on TV. They put their hand. No, let me stop. Let me move on. <laughs> Label of love. But don't remember. When you get into a cultural environment and you believe what Jesus said and your people that you're dealing with don't, not your job to force them. Your job is to love them. And then they'll come and ask you a question, why do you love me? And then you, as a witness, you give the right answer. Right. Don't say, don't touch me, don't, don't, don't do that. Okay? Because they read the Bible. You know, hotels got a Bible. Everyone picks up a Bible in a hotel. They just want to see the people on that page. They want to see the people on that, that Jesus talked about on that page. That's us. And we, I mean, we're not perfect. <laughs> we're being perfected. And the first thing you want to know how you want to be perfected in love, God will send someone to your house or send one into your life that you cannot stand. In fact, you're probably working with some of them right now. And you're saying, God, why do they keep bugging me? And God says, because I'm playing on your love. And he's playing a tune. He says, until you talk to them, they're never leaving. In fact, after you talk to them, they're going to stay forever. And I'm teaching you to love. Make sense? Last one is steadfastness of hope. Endurance. Inspired by hope. Now, the word endurance, we don't like that. Really, it's inspired by the hope in Jesus. That we don't surrender. They have, we don't, here in that church, we don't surrender to circumstances. Now, this year we had a lot of circumstances. A lot of them. Some were great. Some weren't so great. So I'll make, I'll make one light. I remember last, couple sum, last summer, we had the 9 o'clock service. Well, first I got a call. Hey, our electrical box outside is on fire. So do we have service or not? Well, we're going to have service. Why not? So we show up here, and you guys are gracious. Y'all showed up with the, uh, the fans. <laughs> and y'all, I just passed the rich hurry up, man. He makes, makes this a 10-minute 
And then we, we sent a guy out. He's working on it. He said he wires are fried. Everything's done. And we sit out here. And next thing we know, at the end, when y'all are about, I can't take another moment. Do we go to 1045 or not? And y'all are fanning. I'm like, man, we're in a street front. We're in a storefront church right now. They're fanning. And we hear this shh. And everyone starts saying, glory. <laughs> Everything else was out in the building. We had no power. But we had AC to finish church. That was amazing. That, and then later on, when we showed up, $5,000. Well, okay, all right. We're in the middle of a boat building program. There we go. And then, you know, didn't stop. Then, then we, had the squ- we had the bird fly into the wire. The bird, the fried out barbecued bird that flew into the wires and took out the other side of our building because we're two buildings. You didn't know that. We're 221 Oak on this side, 265 Oak on that side. So we're a church plant in the, in the making. So uh, we... We, uh, we go there, and you got no kids' room, but we're moving the nursery. And got new guests. What y'all doing? Moving the nursery up here? Because we got power on this side, but now not power. Felt like our power 13 from the module to the, to the uh, land, to the lunar land. I'm like, what are we doing? We got to move the nursery back up here. Had no power. Another 5,000. Building program. Still feeling that. But we didn't stop. In fact, our faith got stronger. Know why? Because we know our hope is secure. See, reason why people are a little shaky today in our faith is because you lose your hope. When you lose your hope, you lose your peace for the day. Yeah. So you gotta have a, you have, they had a guarantee. We have a guaranteed hope. What God said he's going to do, he's going to do. What he starts, he's going to finish. But we also have the greater hope. Jesus is coming back for his marvelous church. So when you have that anchored in hope, because, you know, sometimes people say, you know, sometimes your church is like a, a pep rally. Well, you call that pet rally because we have hope. And when we have long-range hope, we have joy for today. Now, you need to get hope and stop saying, God wants us to be excited, not feel like you're getting beat up. That's why you have hope. And you don't, we don't fail from our hope. Now, we hit, take some hits. We'll take personal hits. We'll take a lot of hits. But I've seen us respond to hits that have been amazing. We had some folks that passed on us this year, best friends, and our family stepped up. In different, play, in different circumstances, and we had to continue going for the family. And we're still continuing. We're still walking it out, and we're walking it out with them. So I applaud you on that. We stopped everything we were doing, and we had to do what we had to do. Because that's what family does. But we also know we had a hope in Jesus. It's not ever over. It might be, done, it might be damaged, but it's never done. That's the hope. So those three things, and you sum them up. It's labor, it's, I mean, the work, it's labor, and it's endurance. Work, labor, and endurance. Great memories. Great memories. And I get, I thank God for you, you, you guys here. Because we do have a confident expectation of what God's going to do. Here's the greatest thing about confident expectation. We also know this, and you know this as a church because we preach this every single week. It comes out one way or the other. How much you're loved by God and how much you've been chosen by God. So you know you've been chosen. When we have people come and join the church, we don't push it. God chooses you to be here. But the greatest thing about choice, in the very beginning, I love what he says, for when you know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you 
I love First um, John 4.10 says, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son to be a atoning sacrifice. See, we are saved to serve God by choice, not by chance. Yeah, by choice. So, well, I joined the ch- by choice. God put you here, right? And then, then one thing about the gospel, a lot of people, the diff- makes the difference between other religions. People are searching. I'm looking to find God. And the gospel says this, God found us first before we found him. See, I'm on this path. No, he already found you. That's why you're here. That's why you're around people that, that, have, that have hope and faith. And when he gets a hold of you, he don't let you go. But he had, you know what he had to do? He sent his only son to die on the cross for you so you can have life and you have a choice. Choose life or choose death. That's the greatest thing. I never have to force anybody anything. You either choose life or you choose death. That's all you can do. I love what uh, Rice Brooks says, one of our great uh, leaders of our movement. He says, Rich, all I do is just preach the word. Let the word do what it's going to do. He said, the w- like one of my friends said, the word works, but you've got to work the word. So you have a choice. You can say, I reject God. I mean, I accept God. I reject God. But you remember now, remember this. You'll be owners of your own circumstances. Remember that. Remember that. Don't blame everyone else for your circumstance because you've had the choice. I learned that from my mother. But see, we're not saved by accident. We're saved on purpose. And here's the greatest thing about memories. They're not monuments. They become legacies. You got something I want to show you about? Look at that. Look at that. And that's um, I should have put them up at the beginning. Y'all would have really felt bad for me. They're legacies. I get to see kids. Pastor John's amazing back there with the kids. Kids getting baptized, kids giving their life to Jesus. But the most of all, when you leave them by themselves, they're hanging out, reading the Bible, reading books together, all sitting together like this. We put it on our webpage. That is amazing because all they're doing is mocking what they see here. Well, they, not just in this building. They see us out when we go to the park and we hang out and do things. I, we, I meet with amazing guys on Wednesday mornings. We're so good. We got to get our wives to help us to do things because we always have plans that we're going to do something, and we never do it. We have great intentions, though. We spend a whole meeting talking about we're going to get together. It never works because uh, we, we don't execute that well. Uh, but here's the greatest thing about it. It's a legacy. And then one of the greatest things about when we went into generations was, which is hard to do with people, because everyone thinks about what about me. But I think about what's behind me, so it'll be here when I'm gone. And when you see them getting together, they have no idea what racism is. They got no idea what love isn't. They got no idea of anything. That's the greatest thing. The memories that we have today, 2020, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Let's be the kids that in the back today be leading worship tomorrow. Because the memories we did back here and what we do today. And what's what Jesus says? He says this, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. The scripture runs it all down when everyone's been arguing about gifts and tongues and all those things. Paul said this one amazing statement in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. He said this, for now faith, hope, and love abide, 
these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now, he's talking about they were wise, but he's also, why is love the greatest? Because in 1 John 4, it says this, God is love. God will never fade. When I'm in his presence permanently, I won't need faith. I won't be grasping for hope because I'm with God, who is love. So as a church, we get to celebrate and do the most important thing. Those three things. Let's do the things that abide, not the things that are temporary. That's what I love about it. We, we, we focus on what's really important in relationships which will abide. There's no, no greater place to have a lifelong relationship when you met someone in church. I have, we, me and Mrs. Pastor Donna have amazing relationships. We have a relationship with some friends of ours in Florida. Which, you know, when God does something amazing, it's amazing. When we met them, it was, we met, became instant friends. We discipled them. They became uh, associate pastors. We didn't know that maybe 20 years from now, one of their students might show up here and start coming to church here and start playing keyboard here and start doing offering here and start preaching here. But then we have all the stories, that the memories that we talk about because we see his son. We have all those memories, right? And the memories are, parents are something else. I said, yeah, and God paid them back, but so is Trey. <laughs> that's the memories, man. That's the memories. And, they, they, and that's flat today. That's what the body of Christ is about. It's not about religion and these you know, the greatest compliment I get is pastor, he says, you don't act like a pastor. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. I don't know what that's supposed to look, look, look like. Right? But the only thing that keeps you from the memories is you. Because what we're talking about is relationships over a long period of time. Faith, hope, and love. That's what it's about. Now, if you just become religious and come to church on Sunday, that's all you're going to get. And that's fun. But I know it's something when we get here, we can't wait to build our, our, <laughs> our little area out there because no one leaves after on Sunday. Everyone says this is a new fellowship place. I said we got to hurry up and build that building, that area out there, because we love the fellowship. Here at each other's houses, our B groups, we have B groups. We have over 100, half the church is 100 people in B groups, hanging out, doing life. And we, use the, we read the Bible, but the excuse is we build relationship with one another and we know one another. That's how I got here. I'm the fourth pastor because of a relationship with every three of us. And we're hoping to get all of them around here in April. That's amazing. So church, I love you. Your work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfastness in love. When people graduate from college, what do they do now? And they say, I, once you realize you spent four years organizing a whole church, and God will pick you up from there. Amen? I know that's a word for somebody. <laughs> Stop thumbing your nose. Put that in your pocket. Put that down. Put your hand. That might be something different. Where's the worship team? Is that all here? Everyone here? Come on up, worship team. Come on over our worship team. I know. 
Come on, Allison, we're calling you right back up. That's all right. All right, let's, we're going to end out, do it again. How about that? Two hand claps. All right. One thing we love to do is worship. But also, before they, as they're coming up, I want to let you know, we're going to do a family event coming up January 6th to the 10th. It's called what we call our prayer and fasting. We come together every day from January 6th to the 10th, 6 to 7, to pray. We're going to take some time to fast and be with the Lord in the spirit of God. And we're going to, the focus of our year next year is going to be on the fasting because God's amazing with that. It's the grace of God that we have here. Everything I just told you is about the grace of God, the way he's blessed his people in the past. That's the grace of God, not smartness or anything like that. But we have what we call fasting guides. If you're interested in fasting guides, go to room 7 and pick one up. There's only two items. We also have one online that we'll be loading up this week. But we want to be involved in coming together. And what we do, we come together and pray. We break into small groups, and then we go through the book together. And we start, and the relationship is started on a Sunday next thing you know, we start building, oh, you got together for three days? That's great. Y'all can become a new D group. That's pretty good right there. Anyway, fasting. Let's all stand. You know it's a different type of message? together what we wanted to build and we could bring in culture that would come together and bring a light and hope into our community. Fasting. We saw God do some things in 2019. How many got a little something coming up? How many expecting a breakthrough in 2020? How many want to see us do something again? Father, I thank you right now as we come to you right now. We talk to you and we ask God, do something amazing in 2020. So, Lord, we go out in 2019 celebrating who you are because you are amazing. You are a great God. You are amazing God. You love your people. We are your sheep of your pasture. We thank you, Father God, for what you do. We thank you for your amazing grace, and we love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.